0: everyone welcome to the self-published strong podcast i'm your host andrew pearson and i'm joined today by my love lovely
1: <laughs> i am lovely
0: <laughs> by my super attractive husband
1: hi i'm nolan <laughs> i usually describe myself as delicate but <laughs> i'll take lovely i'll start using that <laughs> start using that at work in professional settings yeah,
0: yeah. Oh wait, hold on. On this show Oh yeah. <laughs> we talk about um marketing and publishing and we give tips and ideas on craft the craft of writing based on good and awful movies. And today's movie is what?
1: Court Chester. Which is a nineteen I don't what movie what nineteen fifties movie? Sixties? I was actually saying, is it a good or bad movie? Oh, sorry. Yes, it's a good movie. Yeah. I think it's from the '50s or '60s. Yeah, Danny Kaye and uh, Basil Rathbone.
0: So and um, Glennis Johns and oh, yeah. Angela Lansbury and.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> How
0: did you forget?
1: You commented on her the whole movie. Yeah, I tried to put it. Out. Well, they forgot her by the end. We're going to talk about that. I'm talking about that. as one of my it. takeaways. Yeah, that was one of mine too. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Great. Well, it was such a kind of like
0: <laughs> obvious thing. Yeah. That's funny so the comment Nolan kept making and she's like this sweet
1: little sexy princess was I just can't separate her I from can't. her older self <laughs> Yeah she still looks like Angela Lansbury In her 70s In her 70s like she didn't change that much Really you know like some people like look you can still tell it's them but they like look way different Yeah Glennis Johns for example Yeah she was the mom of Mary Poppins She looks way different from her old
0: version in While You Were Sleeping
1: Right Yeah, not Angela Lansbury. It's pretty much straight up just her all the way.
0: Yeah, it's so it was it's disconcerting almost.
1: Yeah, because
0: they're like kissing and she's wearing she's like scantily clad. I mean, full dresses but bare
1: shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then yeah, she's like all flirty and stuff, and it's just like nope, still murder she wrote to me. Yeah, (laughs) seriously, (laughs) that's Mrs. Potts from Beauty and the Beast, not (laughs) not a sex object. (laughs) Yes. I did like her dresses though; they were very pretty. She dressed very well. It was it was not that it was just her facial features. Yeah, didn't change. She's just, it's like the same like shape of face. Everything like she weighs the same. It looks like yeah. Like she like just added some wrinkles. And you then, know,
0: you and, and that's basically saying that she aged well. Honestly, yeah. Because no, it, if it's you slightly, look like yourself,
1: you know, a slightly older version. That's good. Later, yeah, it's good. No, it's yeah. good, but it's also. Uh, yeah it's just, disconcerting, yeah she' like, solving a cozy mystery <laughs>
0: yeah happened to randomly be in the right spot to solve a mystery, which we watched the first season of murder she wrote, and we were just like, she's always where the murders are every
1: time she goes on a trip to visit an old friend, somebody gets murdered, yep, every pretty time. much. It's like, stop visiting your friends. <laughs>
0: They're You're all going to die.
1: Everywhere you know. go.
0: <laughs> Angela Lansbury. I, I'd actually like to watch more of that. Probably when the baby's born, that'd be a good time to, you know, just kind of veg. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, so your
1: d- updates, since I interrupted updates. you. Um, I'm trying to wind down a project I started four years ago. <laughs> um, and, yeah, uh, note to everyone, we just brought this up right before the show. Um, spacing your projects out that are related can harm the continuity of that project yeah because uh my art looks different than it does four years ago yeah and even when i try to make it look the same it doesn't quite and, so. and
0: i noticed that as a casual observer so mm-hmm. your readers you i know, know it's
1: way different i mean but i just want to finish it so anyway yeah and then i'll be starting some more um artwork for you all patreon supporters my patreon my reader patreon reader patreon supporters there's two patreons
0: yeah we have my personal which is not my my professional andrea pearson is part from self published strong
1: yes yes <laughs> so not not you gentle patreons that are listening to us but the other patrons <laughs> that don't listen to us so are been nice.
0: <laughs> it's been a really long week we've been both really been really week.
1: sick and yeah anyway nolan
0: lost his voice it i totally
1: cool. did yeah. he, he he's he's sexy when he loses his voice, I sound like a movie announcer. Yeah, when it starts to come back or right before it goes.
0: Yeah, like seriously, the the in a world
1: where yeah no, except it's normal, except it's a really hard strain because yeah. just talking hurts. Anyway, that's done. Yeah,
0: yeah, so what we were saying was that authors who stretch their series apart and a child is entering the room. Okay, so as we were saying, we got interrupted by our lovely little children. Yes. Um, if you, what was I saying? You write a series, and if it takes you several years, your your book, the
1: continuity is going to suffer from that. Yeah, you pick it up, you put it down, you've already released book one, then you do something else in between. You write another series, and then go back to it, write book number two
0: yeah you might get the the story and the characters down but like your style of writing is going to change and i was actually talking about that with the jack reacher books like some of them just they're hit, they're hit and miss and some of them are really good and some aren't good and it just feels like they're just all over the place you know anyway so my updates demon of darkness released today today is wednesday january 16th 2019 i have the date written down here and yet i still had to check my phone <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> anyway so i've been doing a whole bunch of download bonuses on that which includes the illustration that nolan did for me that you know i commissioned him to do and um some logos by graham bradley who is an author illustrator and then also a song that was composed for me by craig Naibo, who is also, also. altho i'm Not from sorry. spain The the Theta. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: Um, Also an author and a musician. He's a professional musician. So that's been going well. It's been a lot of fun seeing, you know, people send in their proof of purchases and things like that. Uh, One other thing also, um, I ended up purchasing a treadmill desk. And it is an actual treadmill desk written or done by Sunny something or other. And I'll keep you guys posted on that. It's supposed to come on the 21st, so about a week it is, like I said, an actual treadmill desk. Its top speed is like three miles an hour, and I'm looking forward to that. The reason I bought it, I've been watching it for how long now? Months. Months. Okay. The price has fluctuated between $550 and like $700 to $900. And this last week, it dropped down to $480, and I was like, I, I have to buy it. That's the cheapest I've seen it ever. So I bought it, and I'll let you guys know how that goes. And I think that's pretty much it. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to support us on Patreon, it's a dollar a month, and that gets you access to what does it get them access to? I'm thinking my books again. Your, my my short stories. <laughs>
1: no. Um, it, they can make requests
0: for movies. For movies, and they get a free course of mine. And, and they get my a free $25
1: course, ones for free. Exactly. So you say $24. Yeah. <laughs> Think of it that way.
0: And then marketing questions and. Yeah, that's pretty much it, I think. That's good, though. Yeah,
1: Yeah, no, that's really good. No, I'm just... Um, Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, if you wanted a course, which Mm -hmm. is $25 hmm please support us for 25 months <laughs> that's $1 a month. um but i mean you could you know you could But they can support uh, more so like one yeah. of our supporters supports at three dollars
0: a month instead of one dollar a month which i we appreciate and actually he um suggested the movie that we're talking about today yes that's tony thank you tony for that suggestion um and the movie is the court jester which we'd both seen a long time ago right yes yeah i hadn't seen it since i was a kid and it, i checked came out in 1955 yeah when did they start colorizing movies? Because it wasn't in the 50s. It was like later. And so they must have gone back and colorized it.
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, They they did color movies before they did color TV anyway.
0: Yeah, so. they did. And I this movie is very prettily colored, you know? Lots of very uh, flamboyant costumes, yes. <laughs> yes. And the dresses. I was actually thinking the dresses, but... What about the men? Um, the men, um...
1: They were that's... quite flamboyant. Thank you.
0: Yes, they were, actually. Oh, my gosh. The tights. Oh, the tights. And the oh, skirts. Nice. Yes. The skirts but, were... Tunics. Like, three inches long. And the men then wore tights, you know? They're tunics, not skirts. Okay. So, the tunics were three inches long below the belt. Yeah, that's how long they're supposed to be. How
1: are you <laughs> supposed to see someone's cod pieces? Oh,
0: jeez. I know. That's the way... Though, yeah, they didn't wear cod
1: pieces, so... It was wrong time period, but I mean... <laughs>
0: Still, it was not something I wanted to actually watch, um, see. I, I don't know where to
1: go with that. It's really
0: <laughs> offensive. It's really offensive.
1: Angela Lansbury gets to show off her bits.
0: Her shoulders?
1: Yeah, and her cleavage. And then what do we get? Um, your legs, apparently. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> You're so offended. What? You're so offended. I love it. Oh, we can't go on to the movie. I almost sent, put us onto the movie. We haven't d- oh. done the quote or the tip.
1: We're really disorganized today. Okay. The quote is, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. Dear, dear reader listeners. Explain that.
0: Like, what <laughs> is that he was saying? by
1: uh, Zig Ziglar. Yeah, what's he so, saying about the Helping wife? other people get what you want they want helps you get what you want. How, so, though? I don't know. It just does.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, what they usually say is that karma comes back. You know, if you're somebody who helps other people and I'm actually discovering that a lot this year, like I like to teach people and I've been invited to teach a whole lot and it's actually, I'm getting paid now to do that, you know, going to conferences and stuff
1: like that. And before I wasn't, I was just invited, you know, in a perfectly selfish way (laughs) to think about it is a lot of people want information and knowledge. They want know-how. Yeah. If you know something they don't, um, help them get it, and then they will help you get something that you want. I mean, it's a trade. Yeah, and a lot really of the salvaged. times, you help somebody in a, in a certain way over and over and over again, word spreads that that's where you help, and then people who can pay you, you know, yeah, exactly, will approach you. Yeah. Be a useful person. Yeah. Not to be used, but to help, you know, right? Does that make sense? Uh-huh. No, so, it does. Yeah, because people can use you, and that sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. People could take advantage of your knowledge, or they just yeah. don't... Offer help back because, like, if you help somebody and they could have helped you and then they don't, yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. sucks. and yeah, you don't does. want to help them anymore. That,
0: yeah, and that's happened people. to
1: all of us. Yeah, we know people, we know people. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the same person we're thinking of right now. Yes, if we're cutting that, we can say the person's name. <laughs> we said the person's name, and you will and never hear it. <laughs> Take that, audience. <laughs> that's so awful. <laughs> uh, Dear reader, listeners, and Patreon subscribers, (laughs) that is information we are withholding from you. (laughs) Anyway,
0: Um, so um, if you're willing to help people, it does, it comes back around, you know?
1: Yeah. People like to have you around if you're useful.
0: And one thing that I had a boss once, this was a long, long time ago, and and I think everybody's going to relate to this. Like I was the only person who did my job and they hired somebody else to help me and I had a really hard time. Not feeling like I was going to get replaced if I tra- taught her how to do everything. And my boss pulled me aside. And he's like, the way to make yourself valuable is to share, not to hold, you know? And that, I really took that to heart. And that's been oh, like 15, 20 years. And it's just, it's really helped me, especially as an author. So the more benefit I give to other people, the more benefit I receive. So that's basically the quote saying, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah there you go that's it for today (laughs) there's there's a good a good tip for y'all oh by the way they started making color movies in the 1930s and 1940s they were sepia or sepia or whatever it's called then tinting was started to get used in 1951 but even as early as 1945 they had like gun blast colorings they hand colored in so what a pain i know man But it doesn't say exactly when they started doing it really, really all the time. They just did a lot of hand painting, which would be, yes, very Which is not colored film. It is not, no.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So that did not answer that question, but maybe Tony knows the answer. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Tip for today, Um, and this is going to be something that I've I've got experience with um, on both ends of things. We are talking about setting up a website today. Um, so if you do not have a professional website, you need to set one up and make sure it has all the necessary information. So your contact info, your book covers and descriptions with purchase links, social media links, your bio, sign up for your newsletter, et cetera. Now, um, how Nolan, how do
1: people know if a website is professional or not? Um, look at somebody's professional website and then see how much yours is not like theirs, I guess. <laughs> Mirror it. Yeah, I mean, it should look nice, which is very subjective. Should be crisp, nothing pixelated. It should be easy to navigate, Mm -hmm. intuitive to navigate. Don't over-clutter it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, actually, that totally
0: hits it hits the nail on the head. Um, I run a lot of multi-author promotions and sometimes when I'm doing download bonuses, I'll approach authors whose books I've enjoyed and say, hey, would you like to offer your book as a download bonus and another book at a discount for my readers? And I've had a lot of authors say yes and it's been beneficial for both of us. They've gotten more readers and I've gotten more readers buying of my readers buying my stuff, you know? And the thing with that was I just ran into so many websites that were so unprofessional and there's absolutely no way to contact them on in any way. So what I would do is I would, you know, look them up on Facebook. I'd look them up on Amazon. If their Amazon profile did not mention a website, it was really frustrating. Because I was like, you need to have
1: multiple ways for people to contact you, you know? Be findable.
0: Be findable. And, and I don't want to message through Facebook all the time. I want
1: to email, you know? And then once they find you, make it feel like it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't go to some crappy, like, GeoCities thing. Yeah, no Crappy kidding. website from, like, 1990. Two- 1990s nine or something like
0: that. Yeah. So, and then the other, the other point was you want to make sure that you're, if you're going to have, um, you need to have your tabs and, or any sorts of links, easy, easy, easy to find. So when somebody goes to your website, they find a contact you spot really, really quickly. It should not, you should not have to make them or they should not have to dig through you know, scroll and scroll and pages and pages just to find a way to contact you. It needs to be very obvious. Same with your books. You know, list all of that stuff in a way that readers can find it, and um, sign up for your newsletter, etc. You just you basically you want to make it easy for people, readers, other authors, professionals to contact you. We talked about that a lot at the business mark um, business masterclass about um, how you'd never know when Hollywood. I mean, your book. This is very unlikely. Maybe your book has sold 30 hundred, 30, hundred, 30, hundred, 30 hundred, 300, copies. But one of those lands in the hands of somebody who's cousins with a, you know, small indie producer who decides that they're interested in, you know, possibly, um, um, pursuing your movie and making it into a movie or TV show. And if you have no way to contact you and I'm, this is far fetched. It's probably not going to happen, but still, you know, but
1: there's an underlying principle, um, the least number of steps, the least hassle. You're not special. Yeah. If I have to get to three clicks to get to your website and someone else's is two, you know, what makes you think you're, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You're going to lose people. Yeah. It's the same when you're trying to sell your books, when you do your like landing page and you get mm-hmm. them set up, making it as quick as possible loses the fewest number of people. Exactly. That includes contacting you.
0: And that is, they've done so many studies on that. You know, the more yeah. clicks people have to go
1: through, the the heavier your fall off is, you know? Exactly. Every step is an opportunity to fail, to lose somebody. It's the same with an industrial process or just any process at like work when you're doing something. It's like if we add a step, yeah. we're adding another opportunity to failure, for failure, even if that step is a check. Yeah, exactly. Because then if people don't do the check you failed at a check step and then, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we discussed that sort of process at work. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, set up your website if you don't have one set up already. And you can just use a simple blog, you know, as long as you have the SEO set up, meaning you have your name all over the place on that thing so that when people search for you, you come up. And unfortunately, I was actually talking to Graham today. Graham is the one who did the logos that I'm doing as download bonuses. There's another guy who's got his same exact legal name. And so it's really hard in that situation because the other guy has been established for a long time. And I'm, I'm in the same position with the Andrea Pearson singer. You know, I've been doing um, my books for, I mean, I bought my website in 2008 or 2009, you know, and she'd been sitting on the com domain and we asked her several times if we could have it. And we didn't know as a singer because she didn't have a website, you know, and then about four years into my author business, she realized that there was another Andrea Pearson out there who is... Who was getting attention from people and she, uh, she finally put her website up and it's, but because she ha- waited so long, I had so many links that were Andrew Pearson. And so there's, when you Google Andrew Pearson, it's almost always me that pops up with images of her. Cause she is a scantily clad redhead country singer. <laughs> Yeah, so I have the I have the SEO on that search engine optimization because when you pull when you google all of my websites come up before hers.
1: We win take that Andrea Pearson.
0: <laughs> so make sure that your website has a lot of reference to your name so that it does and then just be producing a lot of content i mean there's i know there's a lot of authors who have the same name as other people so if you're producing a lot of content and if you're doing a whole lot of stuff and your name's everywhere you will gradually overcome and she's she does tours she goes she's been on tours shania twain and not with her but doing concerts at the same time and and i'm and my stuff still comes up ahead of hers because I've, you know, I, I have a background in computers and I really put a lot of time and attention into that in the beginning. Plus my dad
1: made me. <laughs> so, uh, beat that real estate agent with your name in Hoboken, New Jersey. Yes. Not, not with something like a bat baseball bat, but with <laughs> just having more content, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with your name in it. Lots and lots of times where that your name is on the website. Yeah. And then Goodreads, your blog, a website, Facebook. There's so many ways to get your name out there. Okay, I think that's good enough. Yeah,
1: we're good. We're, we're way into this thing. Yeah. We're way into the weeds, man. Yeah, we are. We need to get back in. Okay. The court jester. The court jester. Okay.
0: So give us a brief
1: uh, overview. Uh, this is a, I don't want to say, is it a musical? It's a fish out of water musical. It certainly it's is. Ish. Yeah. So brief overview. Mm hmm. Um, Danny Kaye plays a guy who is part of like a resistance because the king got overthrown and his family got killed. And then there's a baby that's the rightful heir to the throne because it has a purple Pimpernel birthmark on its bum. (laughs) Um, And he they have the kid and they're trying to put the rightful king back on the throne. And he's a jester. And there's a heroic guy who's named the Black Fox. The Black Fox who's very um, what's his name. Robin Hood-esque. Oh, Robin Hood, yes. Agree. Robin Hood-esque, and he works for him, mm-hmm. but he is a entertainer. He's not a jester, per se. But he is good at singing and stuff like that, so he takes care of the Who baby. Who is the Danny Black K. Fox? Danny Kaye okay. is. Uh, Danny Kaye is good at singing and so he can sing the baby to sleep so he is a caretaker for the baby because that's yeah. what he's good at. That's what he's he has doing. no combat experience uh, he's as much as he would like to fight. He... So,
0: is this the summary
1: still? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so they're trying to smuggle the baby back into the palace and he ends up Taking over for um, they, they have to find a way in, so they attack the court jester and take his place.
0: The court jester is an assassin, by yeah, the which way, which
1: he didn't know. So he did that, not know it, that at this the start. court jester is also an assassin. Yeah, and so he's hired to be a court jester by the king, but also by the the people trying to kill the king to be an assassin for him, yeah. and he's also working for the resistance to install the proper king. Yep, and all of those plot threads collide. Yep. And hilarity ensues and singing um so it's a super it's funny it starts out being funny right away yeah the credits mm-hmm. i'm gonna he talk inter- about that he interacts with them
0: let's actually talk about that really fast
1: um so foreshadowing credits at the beginning
0: um he is consistently pushing away the the bad guy the credits oh, yeah, the, and and basil is that ba- basil his name? Yeah. basil rathburn B- his B- Rathbum. his name pops up several times in the credits and they credit him in multiple ways and Danny K kicks it away or pushes it away while he's singing
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is a great foreshadowing you know yeah because isn't Basil isn't he like the bad guy in most movies he's in yeah
1: like the adventures of Robin Hood he's, yeah so uh,
0: you know watching this that he's gonna be the bad guy so again is he the sheriff of Nottingham
1: no he's has got a guy of good porn. anyway he's the guy that have, they have the big fight sword fight at the end yeah That's him. so he is an expert swordsman he is in real life. And, and he we're always going to talk loses, about that as part of the trivia. So sad. Yes. <laughs> um,
0: okay. So uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the comedy, uh, the comedy. And this is spot on. It's not cheesy. It's not, I mean, we laughed out loud several times watching it. It's, and it's, this is from the fifties. And if you know, some 2019, we're still laughing at something from the fifties, then, you know, they did it right. You know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. It's very well. Done. Yeah. Yeah. It is a fish out of water because mm-hmm. um, he's not really used to being in court You know, he wants to be an action hero.
0: Yeah. But he has played Um, as a jester before, hasn't he? I mean, I thought they made that point. Maybe.
1: I'm not sure. But he does sing and entertain. Yeah. He doesn't really... He
0: knew all of those songs really well. He sure
1: did. (laughs) So he's a perfect fit to do that sort of thing. And and the Black Fox tells him every man serves in... In his his way. In his own way. Which I actually wanted
0: to talk about that a little bit. It's kind of funny because... um, Well, it's not funny. I feel really bad for him. Um, Because... and actually a little bit of a note right here that we can discuss right now. So at the beginning of the story, we believe Danny Kaye to be the Black Fox because he's in the Black Fox's clothes and he's acting like he's the Black Fox and then the Black Fox comes and he's like stop stop wearing my clothes. Yes. <laughs> and then and then he basically says that every person serves as best he can and poor Hopkins, who is the who is, you know, Danny Kay? Yeah. he's sitting there pulling the baby's pants down. And that's basically the black fox, you know, like every, everybody serves the best they can. And he's like, Ugh. and by pulling the kids pants down, he's showing people proving that the this is mark. the heir. Yeah, yeah. The
1: birthmark. So everyone, you know, they, they're like, show us proof that you have. And, you know, he's, he's the one that holds the baby because the baby doesn't cry when he holds him. Yeah, exactly. And he sings him to sleep and that sort of thing.
0: Um, Something funny. This the king when um when Danny Kaye gets there, the king says just what this court needs: laughter, song, and wenches. And no Nolan, Nolan nods. He's like, "Yep." I nodded, I nodded solemnly. <laughs> <laughs> and you know. It's a it's a tribute to my personality that that didn't offend me. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. <sighs> Nolan actually gave me a shirt after you'd had it for a while. You gave it to me a, a few years after we'd been married. That says the shirt says "Wenches Want Me."
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember I when our neighbors time. our neighbors came to introduce themselves yes. when we first moved in, and I was wearing that, and I hadn't shaved in a week. Over it was like two a weeks, week? yeah.
0: and yeah, I it was where my grandma had lived, and everybody loved my grandma, and I lived there with her for a while, and they loved me, and they're like. They just were what so excited to meet my husband, and he's wearing this shirt that says "Wenches Want Me." And <laughs> those poor little old ladies—they
1: <laughs> were so. Yeah, it was a very established neighborhood, so they're all in their sixties and seventies. And yes. there was like three or four of them came over, and I'm just like, "Yo, what's up?" I, <laughs> yes. they're like, oh, "Well, um, we're looking for Andrea." <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Okay, so you wanted to talk about interweaving competing. Um... Yeah. It, what? So recall our podcast with um, Kevin Anderson. Yeah, MJ Anderson, where we talked about from the train. Yeah, where we talked about like sex and murder, Uh and like all of these like heavy things, you know? Yeah, because that's interwoven, right? Yeah, he's. He's entertaining the king. There's life and death. His life and Wait, death.
0: There's huge stakes. In there's this. a big
1: stake for the baby, for him, for everybody. Except um, well, even the
0: princess. There's stakes for the princess. The
1: princess is after him. Mm-hmm. He's after his uh, partner that goes with him. The partner is the captain, and she's a female, and they're in love. Yes, the, the captain, and yeah, she she grew up in like the rough side of town. I guess like her. She grew up that way, so she can fight because yeah. that's how she was raised. And he can't. So role reversal there exactly,
0: yeah. Um, and then the the princess's, um, What's her face? Her nurse. Her she lady definitely lady has now.
1: like her own agenda going on there. She serves the princess, mm-hmm. and she's like a witch, so she ends up hypnotizing. She's
0: and... hypnotizes the princess several times. The princess mm-hmm. is like, I'm not going
1: to look into your eyes
0: again. And right. so she's like, okay, I better go hypnotize somebody else then. Right. So everybody's got their own agendas. There's all these subplots that they've weaved everywhere. Yeah,
1: it's actually surprisingly complicated and well handled. But there, there's there's, there's a lot of stakes, and there's a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. And they manage to make it funny yeah. while still having stakes. Yeah. And they do the same thing in um, Throw Mama from the Train. Yep. yep. Where, like, he goes to murder her and she's busy with the pool boy on the couch. And they're making out and he's like, ugh. Bored. And it's hilarious. And it's also life and death at the yeah, same time. Exactly. Like, so, yeah, sex and murder yeah. are woven together in these different threads. Yep. In a way that makes sense. They do mess up part of it, which we'll bring up at the end. Well, and the thing is, this but, movie is, is lighthearted, even with is lighthearted.
0: very, very deep, intense um, plots and, you know, um, topics. Yeah, whatever. people get poisoned. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a, lots of people die in the movie. Yeah, they, like people um,
1: all over the place die. Yeah, he gets set up to fight against like this invincible knight. Um, um, what is his name? i forget radagast the... no no he's like the he's a big dude he's though. like a
0: neighbor he's like from the kingdom but he's a neighboring right something? yeah
1: so they're trying to get him into a marriage alliance With but the, the princess. princess loves um hawkins the main character instead of the and refuses to marry the other guy so they they make hawkins a knight instead of the jester so they can fight to the oh, death so in much, the tournament so much comedy but, yeah knighting exactly. scene and then a lightning strikes his armor, and he becomes magnetic. Oh, my gosh. I remember that one the most from when
0: I was a kid, you know? Yes. Because everything sticks to him, including the guy he's fighting. Yep. <laughs> so awesome. So there's, yeah. There's all sorts of stuff. And the timing is in, the timing's perfect. Like, all the jokes were perfectly timed. The The information they shared was... Anyway, so we just got interrupted again by our children. Uh, we were talking about how everything, like, the inf- the... When they give information and they reveal certain bits of pieces, it's all done at the perfect point for comedy and for even tension, you know, keeping
1: your interest. Yeah, because like um, their contact inside the castle gets captured and murdered, or they kill him, they Mm -hmm. torture him to death. And like, you don't see that it's off screen. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's dead and he would never reveal the source. And you're like, oh, you know, yeah. So they like, they make like people actually get hurt and like they die. Yeah, lots of people die. People um, die, Linda. People die. But it's not in a way that drags it down. I mean, they don't make light of their murder, so it's not like. Well, some of it didn't. Like, when the guys get poisoned, it's kind of funny because they die, like, one after the other. day And
0: everybody's, like, drinking and they're watching, like, oh, crap, we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, the, the, one of the best scenes was the poison is the, in the chalice with the king, the dragon on the, you know. <laughs> yes, the. Yeah. The poison's in the chalice with the palace. <laughs> the chalice from the palace, yeah. And the, the safe one is the dragon with the flagon, or flagging with the, the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> so amazing. And then both of them, um, his opponent and him, find out where the poison is or isn't and they're both sitting there chanting it as they're. They're reciting it into. so
1: they don't forget, like all the way up to the point where they drink.
0: And then the king's like We'll just skip this part. <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, Ah, I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I wanted to make a point here, and I went back and forth on whether or not I wanted this to be a takeaway or not. Um, and you, we can consider it a takeaway, I guess. But this is one of the most natural musicals I've ever seen because he is a singing jester, and so the songs happen the way they would in real life. You know, he sings because he's a jester. When he
1: would normally sing, yeah. That's why I was asking at the beginning. Like, is, is this, this really a musical? Because he, yeah. he, that's when he sings. Yeah, but I mean, it is a musical because he's singing. Yeah, he is the only one who sings... Yeah, I think so. Maybe. And he does it when yeah. they're like, just a sing to me, you know, or sing the baby to sleep or whatever, you know, it's, yeah, all, it's exactly all time. Yeah, it's all time. He has a
0: beautiful voice. Yeah. Um, but okay, so I wanted to talk about that for a little bit. So the the books I'm currently reading right now, they they have this style, it's a series, they have a style that kind of threw me out of the story at first. It's where when the characters text each other, instead of having the text in italics, they actually have an image of the text on somebody's phone. And so at first it really bothered me. And like when they tweet, they have an image of the Twitter message YouTube comments and it really bothered me at first It totally pulled me out of the story but like watching a musical where they randomly sing for no reason you get adjusted to it and I'm actually enjoying it now whereas and I'm halfway through the second book and whereas when I first started the first book I was like oh my gosh you've got to be kidding me you know so um it depends on your audience musicals are are very they're fun to watch and I really enjoy them but some people hate them you know they're like nobody breaks out and singing and dance you know in real life he does Yes, he does. (laughs) And syncopated in some ways, too, with the other people. Um, Anyway, are we ready to go on to trivia? Sure. Okay, so we were surprised to learn that Glennis Johns is 96 years old. And still alive. And still alive. Glennis Johns is the mom in Mary Poppins, and she's the old lady or the grandma in While You're Sleeping, and she's um, the captain in this movie. Um, Angela Lansbury is 94, also still still alive. alive. I'm very proud of and impressed with these people, you know? I think that's pretty awesome. Now, um, speaking of being unimpressed, <laughs> um, uh, the producers were unimpressed with Danny's case. Danny k's legs in tights. You gotta work. You gotta work. The, Nolan. The, what? No, no. They made him wear fake muscles. Yeah, I don't. Doubt. So his legs were skinnier than no, that's what, what they saying. were in the yeah, show. You
1: gotta. You, if you're gonna wear tights and be manly. Yeah. Don't skip leg day.
0: But he's not even supposed to be man, the manly person. But know, they but were still like he's still a star. People want to look me at him. Want to see what his legs really Danny, look like, baby? Don't skip leg day. I think he's dead now. Doesn't matter. You can hear me. <laughs> You're right. If Beyond... he's dead, he can now hear you better. Yeah, he's all around
1: us, Andrea. <laughs>
0: so they made him wear fake muscles, and in oh. the movie, his legs. We were commenting on how skinny they were. Some I can't of them even were, imagine yeah. them being even skinnier than they were.
1: Yeah, dude. <laughs>
0: No I'll one's shoot. very very Deadlift. serious about this.
1: <laughs> some squats um, and some deadlifting will get you straightened out in a couple months. Okay,
0: so Basil Rathbum?
1: Rathbum? Bone. This was his final sword fight
0: ever because he's an old guy and he died shortly after this, which it's kind of, I know it's really sad. They said that in the trivia that he was shaking and he had a hard time doing it. And I'm like, oh, that's really, that's kind of heartbreaking. But, and he was a world-class fencer and he did it professionally outside of movies. Um, he didn't get any injuries during this fencing scene, which is good because he was so, you know, uh, but he later admitted he was almost skewered several times by Danny Kaye's sword.
1: <laughs> I don't doubt it. He's not a as- so in real life, he's not a swordsman, let alone in the movie. Danny Kaye. Yeah, he's not yeah. known for his swordsmanship. No. So.
0: No. And then the last bit of trivia is, uh, you know, the scene where the king is kicking um, Danny to get him to welcome people and yes. say that. Uh, apparently, they he got bruises on both sides of his on his hips on both hips because he got kicked so much, and no. they had to do that scene. It took eleven takes. Wow. So that whole scene eleven takes he got kicked probably twenty times, and so that's in that scene, so eleven takes of it, man. yeah, poor guy. <laughs> that's called that's called abuse. acting, yeah, yeah, abuse. um he made it through it though. all right, you ready for some oh, I want to talk about the ending. I forgot about the ending. Nope, I'll just put it in our takeaways. We'll talk about it in our takeaways, okay, go ahead.
1: takeaways. Mm-hmm. Oh, um they don't finish the princess's story story. story. It just stops <laughs> and the king. Right. Yeah. We don't really find out what happens. Not even what like. Yeah, they just kind of dead end. That's they did such a good job with all the weaving of the plots. It it, it becomes unimportant, I guess. Mm-hmm. But then they don't talk about it.
0: It's just yeah, awkward. like the princess who's in love with the jester. We don't even see how she responds when he, we find out he's in love with the captain, you know, right? like we don't see her reaction. Yeah, we don't, they don't show her at all after that. Yep, she's not not present at all. And the king gets deposed, and then, yeah, he bows to the new king. Says, you know, hell, the new king or whatever.
1: Um, and and the they, rifle, and then that's the end of him. They shuffle him out to the gallows. <laughs> we we assume or stick a knife in his ribs or something. Like we assume, that. yeah, you yeah know, I know. we
0: don't know, you know.
1: Yeah, they don't have to do anything just be like, and he's like, oh crap, and then they just like, grab, I mean, one guy grabs him by each arm and they walk off down a hallway, and then, yeah. Something. So
0: for all we know, he's still alive and he's
1: gonna kill the baby later, you know. Because yeah. they didn't tell us what happened with him. Uh-huh. So how does that apply to authors then? Tie off your loose ends. I mean not all the way, but I mean if you're gonna let it felt you know, be a thread in the next book, that's fine, but at yeah. least make it feel like it's
0: supposed to be. Yeah, like you just didn't forget.
1: Yeah, it felt like they just forgot. Yeah. And that's not
0: good. And you don't need to make it like the the return of the king where there's ten endings, but little brief things that show us. Yeah what happened with the characters is beneficial,
1: mm-hmm. right? Yep. Okay, what's your next takeaway? Um, I like the role reversal. Mm-hmm. He gets his wish. He becomes an awesome swordsman. Yeah. But it's, it, it is inconsistent because the, oh, the the witch... Yeah, the witch... We didn't even talk about that. The witch hypnotizes him to be
0: super, Mister, com-
1: yeah. super confident, like lover boy mm-hmm. uh, and dashing and... Be uh, able to do anything pretty much. Yeah, and so... Um, whenever and not just the witch but when anyone snaps their fingers yeah
0: she used that's the way she triggers to put him in and out of
1: the hypnosis of snapping fingers yeah and so like you know basil and him are having a fight he's like i could kill you just like that and then all of a sudden he can't fight anymore. You know?
0: And then and then he doesn't he snaps his own fingers mm-hmm. and he goes back into being able to fight again.
1: Yeah. So I mean, he always wanted to be that person and he gets it, but in a way <laughs> that is not good for him. And he
0: doesn't even remember what happens when he's hypnotized. So right. he yeah. doesn't know that he made out with the princess, you know. Right. And that w- he was her swings on a
1: rope into her window. Into her
0: window, yeah. And he doesn't even know how to get out once he's back to his normal self. He's like, Ah <laughs> Yeah, that was a lot of fun. The role reversals.
1: Yeah, and they and like and like they did that, and then they they gave him the, that ability, but they did it in a fun way. Yeah, mm-hmm. he didn't just become super swordsman overnight. Yeah, it had a it had a cost or like it had a wrinkle. Yeah, into it that made it fun. Yeah, so
0: that's really funny. Our takeaways are pretty much the same. Oh well, uh, that's okay. We have slightly different takes on them. Okay, so and then I had the movie. I mean, not the movie. The texting thing, you know, earlier. But okay, I love this movie, but I think, okay, this is a slight different twist on yours. I think a reevaluation of who the bad guy was should have happened. Um, Basically, the king is set up from the beginning to the bad guy. We only see Basil a little bit. He's a very side character until about halfway through when all of a sudden he's like the bad guy. And so, and the king is set up from the beginning to be the, the adversary, the antagonist, and he doesn't have an ending to a story. And so it's like he switches with Basil, and we don't get that that satisfaction that comes with killing the bad guy right the there's end. not a
1: showdown with the king per se no i mean he does get deposed but it's not personal no that's exactly personal. it doesn't
0: fill so make it clear who your antagonist is and make sure readers know what happened to them and see what yeah. happened that's good and yeah. i mentioned beyonders here do you want to oh. say what happened with beyonders
1: yeah so if you've ever read brandon mole's beyonders which i liked sort of but had elements of, of them were fantastic quite a bit of <laughs> criticism for my least favorite part was the 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 good guys the main two characters don't participate in the end battle yeah they don't even see the big explosion the person who the does end. participate dies and the other yeah, person that does participate is hundreds of miles away and dies
0: mhm and they duck down when the castle's going to explode so with they, the evil king in it. The
1: person that's present and not participating doesn't even get to see the explosion. Yeah. And the other person's not even there. And then, yeah, it's like a mess. I, I It was very unsatisfying to me. Yeah. Um, because the main characters didn't participate in the ending. Yeah. The, and then they have a denouement there. I mean, they they have it, an after-ending you know, thing.
0: And and you know, it's weird. Nolan read these books before I did, which is actually abnormal. Generally, I read middle grade before he does, but he didn't tell me anything about how they, how his feelings or anything. And I read that and I was like, I was so disappointed in the ending. And I was like, what happened? And then we discovered we had the same feelings about it, which means we're not the only ones, you know?
1: Yeah. I'm there. The setup was really great to that series, but the ending was just... Painful for me. I mean, yeah. I really did not like that at all.
0: No, it was disappointing. It didn't yeah. feel. It wasn't satisfying. Not anyway, satisfying. so yeah. So my point is to give us a strong antagonist and and give us an ending where we like where they die. You know, or yeah, their and, and
1: justice is served. He could have been succeeded by the the bad. The king could have. You know, like been succeeded by basil as the bad guy i mean you can switch and like this is really the worst guy you know yeah, or whatever but they exactly. didn't really do that or they could but both be bad guys that. yeah and then like you can you handle the king and then you have to handle basil and then the king is back at the end you know and then you have to take care of the king at the end yeah you know they, they didn't really juggle that part well no Mm-mm. but i did love the way they interacted with like all the different plots and yeah. people's different motivations yeah. um, butted heads and all the the uh misinterpretation What's the word
0: Misunderstandings and miscommunications. misunderstandings and
1: miscommunications really yes. complicated an already complicated plot. Not yeah. in a way you can follow, but I mean,
0: it was just made it more it made delightful it, to exactly.
1: watch. Exactly, because he doesn't know he's supposed to assassinate people, and they wind up being assassinated, and they're like,
0: it was like an accident, pretty much.
1: Yeah, yeah, somebody else. The killed guy
0: him. is like this guy is so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. like super impressed that he could kill the three guys they needed killed. Him. Yeah, he's like, and uh, Hawkins is freaking out because he's
0: they, like. What's
1: People are literally dropping like flies right around him. Yeah. And...
0: <laughs> okay. So my second takeaway is, again, it's the double roles, you know, role reversal. Not just role reversal, but double roles. So... Um, okay. So, giving your characters double roles, this actually works in pretty much any genre. Uh, it can work in romance, it can work in thriller, fantasy. Um, even the comedic fish-out-of-water stuff can can be a good point in pretty much any genre. Um, I've got it in a couple different my in a couple different my series. Nicole, when she plays double agent for the people who want to kill her, they hire her, and then she's fighting people who are actually helping her. Um, and then in my current series, where Abel is hired to kill the main character, and they end up falling in love so he she doesn't even know he's been hired to kill her um but yeah so any any um genre you can have that sort of a element and and do it successfully and do it well it doesn't you know it can be comedic and it can be serious it doesn't matter either way it works so have fun with those kinds of things it's it delights readers they love they love readers love double roles you know you know when people are backstabbing without backstabbing you know and yes It's a lot of fun. It's fun when the bad guy does it. It's fun when the good guy does it Anyway, that's pretty much it for today, right? Yes. Okay. So um, where can people find you?
1: Um, Heart with Nolan on Instagram.
0: Yeah, and I'm um, in case my voice sound I just realized my voice might sound different Because I'm standing up now because it hurts too much to sit Um, The baby is coming in less than two months now, which is pretty awesome And And we are not ready we are not ready. No, uh, our schedule. We're going to be doing the Maze Runner next week, and then I don't know. Should we put off like Scorch Trials and? I think we should
1: do them all back
0: in one or back to back in one week after the other. We can do that. I'm fine with that.
1: It makes more sense. To do. They,
0: we both actually enjoy the movies, and there's plenty to talk about in both sets of movies. And so we we're going to do them as individual episodes. Right? Is that what we decided? Yeah. And then Trissy, my editor, she's going to be coming on to do the Potato Pill Society. I don't or remember
1: whatever it's called.
0: Yeah, I know it's got potato pill in it somewhere, <laughs> but it's um, a very popular movie, and a lot of my author friends like that. So that'll be sometime in February as well. So um, that's pretty much our schedule for the next few oh, weeks.
1: Um, will we do what's his name too in February?
0: Michael Brent Collins. Yes. So we need to arrange that. I'll contact him and see what he wants to do.
1: Okay. That other guy, like, I don't know. <laughs> that, like, yeah, just, he's like
0: one of my author friends that you've actually met multiple times.
1: So, pick him up from the airport.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that's pretty much it for this episode. Um, support us on patreon.com forward slash selfpublish strong. If you have any questions, send me an email at andrea and don't forget to leave a review, please.
1: Yes. Please. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Like we've got like almost a hundred listeners now and I don't think we have any reviews yet. Come on guys.
1: (laughs) Mom, come on, mom. (laughs) Review my podcast.
0: (laughs) Anyway, uh, we'll talk to you all later. Bye.
1: Bye.